This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's Mortgage Mentor. With more than 30 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings, you'll learn to take your mortgage practice to new heights. Certified Mortgage Planner and CEO of KineticSparkConsulting.com. Here is Jennifer Duplessis. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis, and I am absolutely delighted today to introduce you to our next guest, uh, Joan Sotkin, who is the founder of Prosperity Place. And I, I felt like this was something that we needed to address in mortgage lending because we are um, thankfully and very blessed to be in an industry that we make a lot of money. And even if you're not doing a lot of production, you still make more money than most people. Um, but the problem is we have these ups and downs. And when we're, we're doing really well, uh, we tend to spend more money. And when we're not, we don't have any money to rely on for the most part. I'm not saying that everyone listening does it that way, but there's some reasons behind it. And I thought maybe we could explore that today with Joan. So, uh, Joan, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Okay, so let me tell you about Joan. Uh, for over 25 years, she has helped entrepreneurs and practitioners, that's us, use their inner resources and practical techniques to experience freedom from personal, professional, and financial struggles. She is the author of two books. One is called Build Your Money Muscles, Nine Simple Exercises for Improving Your Relationship with Money, and then um, the, re the Search for Connection. Uh, and it's a spiritual journey for physical, emotional, and financial um, health. So she's going to give us some insight into why we act the way that we act um, in our, our particular industry. So let's get started with what you and I were just talking about before we went, we started recording, which is, you know, we have a mortgage practice. We're not in the mortgage business. We have a practice, and we actually have to look at what we do on a daily base, as, basis as a business because we are entrepreneurs to a certain extent, okay? Um, and so we've got to start looking at that. So where, where, does, where does this disconnect happen that we don't actually look at our business as, um, you know, an actual business and why we constantly fall short and, and are in the red, so to speak, with our practice? Well, that's really interesting because we're using the word practice and people like uh, healers, people who, uh, massage therapists and people like that, they, they don't know they're in business. Yeah. So if you don't know you're in business, then you're not going to be looking for how to improve your business skills. Hmm. And the fact is you're in business. You're, you're in sales. You're in marketing. Uh, you, you have to know business skills. And the the bottom line, if you don't know your numbers, if you don't take good care of your money and your cash flow, then you can't be a, a success completely because you're always going to be worried about your money. And I learned this the hard way. I had a, a business that grew very quickly in the 1980s, and I was I was bringing in in today's money fifty thousand dollars a month, and mm -hmm. I went bankrupt because I didn't know how to manage cash flow. I, I'd get a whole bunch of money and I'd just buy more inventory. <laughs> that was not the way to do it. And, right. and, and that's what you're saying. When the money comes in during the season when there's lots of mortgages to write, um, it's like, wow, oh, I'm doing really great. And you don't say to yourself, well, what am I going to need uh, in the middle of December when it's snowing outside? 
and mm-hmm. the, there aren't as many mortgages. So you have to know how to manage cash flow. That is an absolute essential thing in business. And most people, when you say cash flow, they just kind of go, oh, I don't want to know about that. <laughs> you know? And it's, right. you, you've got to care about it. You know, money is very interesting. Money goes to people who love and take care of it. And the thing that money loves best is to be counted. And if you... <laughs> That's good. I like it. Yeah. Oh, she's counting me. I think I'll tell my friends. Right. And, um, if, if you're not keeping good records, you're in trouble. And what happens is uh, uh, mortgage people and, and people in the real estate business forget that they're bringing their emotions to their money. They're bringing their family background, how their parents dealt with money. Money is such a, you know, a, it's like the secret thing we all use but never talk about. And so many emotions are brought into play when you're dealing with money. Mm-hmm. And if you can learn what you're bringing to your money, it's like when you start making a lot of money, you get high. There's like uh, intoxication. When, mm-hmm. when you may, you know, someone hands you $10,000, it's, ooh, you know, it's, that's, how can you spend that's it? not healthy. It's not being counted, right? It's usually, how can I spend it? So, but, you, but there's this high that comes. There's, a, right. there's actually, you know, your dopamine mm-hmm. centers are all going mm-hmm. bananas in your brain, and, and you, you don't get realistic about it. How much am I going to put aside? And, you know, all the boring parts of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, how am I going to, you know, how am I going to save for my future? We, we, people in sales tend to be optimistic mm-hmm. and, and, and it, they focus in the moment more than in the future. If I'm doing well today, I'm probably going to do well tomorrow. And that's mm-hmm. not always true. You know? So it's like the, the story of the ant and the grasshoppers. You know? I think that's one of the things where one of the animals is saving for the future and the other one isn't. And whoever's got the nuts for the wintertime is in better shape. Right. You know, right. So, so you've got to so think certain, like that. Yeah, and so to a certain extent, those of us on this, uh, you know, listening to this call, loan officers are kind of mini uh, lottery winners because one of the things that we know about lottery winners, you know, that we hear all the time is that when they right. come into this big money, they tend to be poor not too much longer afterwards because they didn't know how to manage money anyway. So we're like mini lottery winners. We're We're winning the lottery this month and that month and that month, but the next month, We're just like those people. But there's another element. There's another element. If you don't perceive yourself to be a wealthy person, then you're going to make decisions that are congruent with who you perceive yourself to be. Mm -hmm. So if you come from a poor background, if, if you don't think of yourself as a valuable person, then one of the reasons you're going to get rid of the money is because that money and excess money is not congruent with who you believe yourself to be, mm-hmm. your right. identity. So it's like a th- all that money and, and to keep it going like that is a threat to your identity. So these are personal issues because your business is not separate from you. Your business is an extension of you. And when you can come to understand your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, and why you make the decisions that you do, then you can, you can work through the disorientation that comes when you're in an unfamiliar position. For example, if you perceived yourself to be 
even just middle class, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and all the feelings you have inside of you go with that. And suddenly you've got a lot of money. And you haven't learned how to perceive yourself as wealthy or how to feel wealthy. There's a feeling that comes with being wealthy. And there's one feeling that comes with sudden wealth and another one that comes with, well, this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. So part of the assignment is to learn how to feel like a wealthy person and to value yourself so that you really see that you belong in that category and you deserve it and there's nothing wrong with you. So many of us carry around shame and there's something wrong with me that needs fixing, but I'm not going to talk about it. All that stuff is going to come into play as you're building your business. Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. So so when we um, – the other thing that we were talking about briefly and, and I'd like to talk about now is just the comparative piece of this as well. So you have this internal, you know, the inside job right. uh, that you bring to it. What about the external factors that are affecting our thoughts about money and how we perceive money as it relates to the competition, the people that are around us? Okay, well, first of all, I don't see that as an external issue. I see that oh, as an Oh, it's probably internal. internal. You're right. You're right. But I'm saying the external forces that affect my internal. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. well that's why it's so important to get a really clear picture of who you are and what you want, what your purpose is, and to feel secure that you can trust yourself to take care of yourself. So a lot of it has to do with trusting yourself and uh-huh. trusting life. Now, if you've had a, a life that, if, if as a kid, uh-huh. you had any kind of abuse or neglect, the parent was an alcoholic, there's a trust level that's missing uh-huh. in terms of what life is going to give me. And that's going to play out in your business. Can you see that? I mean, it, it seems a little obtuse at this point. Well, I can, can see, see it that? because my father was an alcoholic. Okay. Okay. So I definitely, so you can use me as an example. I'm an open book. <laughs> okay. So, so if that was the case, then as a child, most children take on, there must be something wrong with me that I can't help daddy get better. And yes. plus the fact that when daddy's acting out and is in his alcoholic state, you feel powerless, you feel trapped, you feel angry, mm-hmm. you feel deprived, and you feel ashamed. And those are the five main feelings that people act out through their money. And mm-hmm. the, the, the money doesn't cause the feelings. You're not feeling ashamed of your financial position because of what's going on today, you learned how to feel ashamed of your position in life as a child. Mm-hmm. My father's an alcoholic. Yep. I'm, ashamed. I'm ashamed of that. So when you're looking at your bank balance and it's in the down place, it's like, oh, I should be earning more and people earn more money than I do. Why can't I do what other people are doing? That's shame. And that mm-hmm. has nothing to do with money because Money's neutral. It doesn't ask you to feel anything. And, and you're bringing those childhood feelings to your money. So when I work with clients who often come to me for financial reasons, we really have to look at what's behind it. Uh, and without it being a lot, you know, heavy, heavy therapy stuff, 
Because right. I think there are ways of doing it without feeling like you got to tell the whole story, and uh, you know, it's, it's really difficult. And so, what I help people understand is the feelings. For example, uh, a number of my clients are minorities, uh, uh, racial minorities, or religious minorities, and I help them see how being a minority helps them feel less than, mm-hmm. and that's what they're feeling through. When you said the comparison. Mm-hmm. If you feel less than, that's coming from something else. If you come from a poor family, then as a child, you felt less than, and you didn't feel, felt there was something wrong with you because you didn't have what other people had. You right. know, because at five, you don't know how to, you know, say the things, you know, the concept is there. So it's a matter of teaching people, because most people have not learned how to feel and express their feelings. It, you know, it, we live in a, in a culture that says, tough it up, you know, and, mm-hmm. and don't, you know, stop crying was what I heard when I was a kid. You know? Right. <laughs> and uh, Sotkins don't cry. Well, I cried. So in order to be a Sotkin, I had to swallow it all. You know, and, you know, once you become aware that your emotions are really an important part of you, it's how you express yourself. And most people are pretty uh, repressed in terms of their emotional expression. Well, once you give yourself permission as an adult where there aren't grown-ups telling you now, now don't do that, (laughs) you know, you can give yourself permission to do it, learn how to express yourself, and it is so freeing. And so when you start getting afraid of of your, your financial position in the moment, you get to understand that that's your, just your amygdala telling you it's dangerous because you don't know what's happening in the future, and you can find a way of bringing yourself back to the present, checking to see if everything's okay today, and making plans for the future. So it's, it's bringing business to this whole new level where you're, you are paying attention to who you are and what you're feeling, and as you do that, you become more aware of what other people are feeling. So your levels of empathy go up terrifically and you're able to do a better job with your clients. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So, so before we leave this particular topic, how does yeah. that relate to, or can you give us some advice on, and I, I know it's, it's probably a big nut to crack, but maybe you can just isolate it down to a few core things. Um, you know, if I'm in my office and I you know, go to a sales meeting and I'm not number one, Okay, and I'm contending with all these, you know, issues that I had in childhood or that anybody has, you know, they're bringing in yeah, the right, baggage right, along. Right. And I'm saying, you know, I'm ne- I can never be like they can. I can never produce like them. Or why can't I produce like them? What are some, some self-talk strategies that, that we could quickly employ to say, yes, I can? Um, well, also, they have problems also, too. If, <laughs> you know, they probably saying, do. If you're saying... Uh, I can never be like them. That's true. And they can't be like you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, That's true. When you, You're right. when you When you value who you are, then, then you'll be feeling better about whatever you're doing. Also, they may be taking better care of their money. In other words, the question is not how much am I earning, but how am I, how am I taking care of my money? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I come from that. I, my father was a debtor. And I'm typical salesperson. I was. I learned how to sell selling encyclopedias door to door, and I love to sell. 
but typical salesperson, I would think that if I'm making $10,000 this month, I'm going to make it the next month. And I wasn't very good at saving because none of my, neither of my parents were. I had to really work hard to learn how to save. The people who get wealthy are not the ones with the most money coming in. They're the ones who can save the most. Right. And, and I, I think we, as lenders, we know that, you know, it's not what you um, bring in, but what you, or not what you uh, uh, earn, but what you consume, you know, it's how right, much you're the, spending. Right. But the thing is, you know that about your clients and you're asking your clients how much money they have put aside. And can they mm-hmm. afford the down payment? Are you doing that for yourself? Yeah. No, we're, we're probably, you know, showing empathy for the client in being yeah. able to help them through their trials right. and tribulations and, and their fear and their scared, their right. scarcity about sharing things with us that they probably will never share with their family members. So right. And, and they have shame. They're, they're, they're ashamed. Uh-huh. I mean, that mm-hmm. shame piece is so big whenever money's on the table. Yeah. Um, so really it's what you're saying then, if I'm understanding this, is, is that um, I can't be like them. I'm just putting myself in that position. And, and, I can't and, okay. be like them, and I shouldn't expect to be. No, and I, 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 to say I'm fine just the way I am. In other words, it's not just to to say I'm not. What what are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, I I in my book Build Your Money Muscles, I uh, have a, a thing I call the Power Word Technique, which mm-hmm. is a way of of reprogramming your subconscious. And so, and there's a little paragraph you read that tells your subconscious, which your subconscious will do whatever you tell it. And if you, you tell it, whenever I use this word, you're going to help me change my, my thoughts, beliefs, and emotions. And mm-hmm. in, in my book, I have a whole bunch of stuff on how to use it. And so in that moment, you can, you know, hear, if, once you hear yourself saying that, you can say, oh, that's, that, that's just my thought. It's not the truth. What would I rather be thinking? I'd rather be thinking that I can do it. So you would say, I, I can do this. I know I can do this. And you would say your power word, which is telling your subconscious that you really can do it. And the thing is, when you're comparing your someone, yourself to someone that way, you're really thinking about the future, not the present. Correct. Okay. Correct. And yeah. one of the reasons I'm such a, a big proponent of meditation is because it helps you Get back into the present. Am I okay today? Am I okay? Am I okay? And if I'm not, what can I do to fix that? Um, am, am, I, am I loving myself? And because you're in a money business, if you're not taking care of your money, there's always going to be a problem. Right. Right. And that's, I, I, a lot of people don't want to hear that. Well, I don't like to, I don't like to deal with money, but you're in the, uh, you're in, and a lot of people tell me, I don't know. I, I'm not good with numbers. If you're in, in your business, you're good with numbers. You have to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's funny because a lot of us aren't good with our own numbers. Exactly. Right. My mother, my mother was a, a bookkeeper for a large Pontiac agency until she was in her mid seventies. And she could get a trial balance. I mean, and this is millions of dollars she's dealing with. She couldn't balance her checkbook at home. Right. And that's because of her past. And, yeah, isn't that yeah, well, and all the Yeah, there was all this stuff going on with my father. and yeah, So, so it, it, there, there's a decision that has to be made. Mm-hmm. And the decision 
is that I'm going to learn how to take care of my money and how to get my, find out what I'm feeling so I can get my emotions out of my money. Right. Okay, any suggestions that you can give us on how to start doing that? Just some basic thoughts around, around that, other than a keyword, the one keyword that you have well, well, that, that That's a, that technique. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I have two courses that I'd like to offer to your uh, audience at a, at a discounted rate. One is Financial Freedom Formula, A Holistic Approach to Success. And uh, the other one is uh, Simple Meditation for Busy Entrepreneurs. Very okay. easy courses, and they give you the basics. And because we've had this wonderful conversation, I'll, I'll get to you a special uh, uh, URL so they can get my book, Build Your Money Muscles, uh, as a free download. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you for doing that. I mean, my goal is to really help people understand that they're okay. They've never made mistakes. Whatever came from your family is just what came from your family. And you're a good girl or boy and you can have anything you want. You just have to believe it. Right, right. So let me ask you something. One of the things that, that uh, you talk about is five keys, key ways to improving your relationship with money. Can you tell us about some of those key ways to start improving our relationship with money? Well, what do you think the first one is? Um, I think the first one is uh, recognition. Keep track. Uh, keep, keep track of your money. Yeah. Oh, okay. Keep That's track. I'm just one. saying, keep, I'm saying being aware. Right. Okay. Yeah. So keep track of your money. Keep, number keep one. Keep track of your money. Right. right. And, and uh, I mean, your relationship with your money is just an extension of your relationship with yourself. Are you taking care of money and are you taking care of yourself? Mm-hmm. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then you're not going to do a good job because you don't believe you're okay. Right. Can you see that? Mm-hmm. So the, yeah. the, the two things are, are there. I don't remember what I, what I wrote that particular day when I said that to you because I think the, the key is for your people is mm-hmm. recognize that you have a business and take the time to get the business skills that you need, not just the sales skills, but the marketing skills, the the, 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 the interaction skills. You know, a lot of people don't have really great communication skills. You mm-hmm. might be good with, you know, in one aspect of your business. Are you good at networking? Are you good at, uh, how are your, your empathy levels? Can you, how do you relate to your clients? Are you being really warm and, and open and friendly with people? Or are you afraid of people? I mean, all these things make a difference in making a business work. Mm-hmm. So when we're, we're talking with, um, and so we're going to have to read the book to find out all those answers, yeah. all those, yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. Because I know it's just a big nut to crack. But when we're working with our clients, do you have any suggestions on how we might um, approach them and be sort of you in that aspect? Um, and teaching them, do you have any verbiage? Do you, do you have any, um, you know, just any techniques that you might have on how we can help our clients feel more comfortable about talking about these things that they might consider as being shameful or, you know, again, things that they would never even tell their parents or their family members? Sure. Well, I think it's important to check in with the client on a regular basis. How does that strike you? How do you feel about this? Now, people, people aren't, yeah, 
In other words, rather than having closing the sale in mind or finishing the, the interaction, mm-hmm. to really put the, the clients at ease, they have to trust you in order mm-hmm. to give you that information. And you can say things like, you know, I, I know how hard this is. Um, it's really hard for people to, to talk about money. How do you feel about being here right now? Mm, good question. I mean, yeah. how many people have asked the client that? How do you feel about being here right now? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that, that immediately tells them, brings them into the moment, so they're, mm-hmm. not, you know, they're not thinking about the future. And it's like, oh, she really cares about me. Right. Instead of uh, not even asking, with your permission, I'd like to ask you some questions. How much do you make? What kind of debt do you yeah. have? What do you have? Right, because that's, that's our tendency. We're salespeople, right? The tendency is just kind of right. jump into the numbers. I right. love you're that. Qualifying, I love you're qualifying slow down them to speed right up. up front. Yeah. Right, slow yeah. down to speed up. Right, you can't, you can't qualify a person in the first five minutes. Right. I mean, when I, when I was selling books, encyclopedias door to door, it was a 20-minute presentation, and finally at the end, we would say, if money were no object, this is something you would want. So we would Oh, qualify. yes, I remember that, yes. <laughs> but it took 20 minutes to get to the qualifying question. And you have to warm people up. Yes, it takes more time, but you're going to have a better closing rate. Right. Well, it's the slow down to speed up process. Right. And also, you know? to ask questions like, what is it about buying a house that, that is uh, troubling you? Okay. What is it you're concerned about? Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you have any concerns about uh, what the costs are, and is there anything I can explain to you mm-hmm. to make it easier for you? Mm-hmm. In other words, don't be in a hurry to, to fill out the application that fast, mm-hmm. but to, to find out what's bothering them. It's like in sales. When, you're, when someone says they don't want something, you, you, you have, it's like an objection. You have to find out what's really going on. Well, you have to assume there's something going on from the very beginning. Well, I think I think that we're probably assuming there's something going on. We know when clients coming in come in that they have concerns about the cost, right? But right. the problem is we don't take the extra time to ask how they feel about it. We just assume we know. We assume and we know that they have concerns. And the only right. way to answer it is we'll just go through the numbers and then you'll understand it. Right. Rather and- than yeah. yeah. Talk to them as people, not as people with money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. In other words, if you were sitting next to someone at a networking event, would you say, how much do you earn? You wouldn't yeah. do that. No. You know, I, and it's a topic that is difficult. And if you're not comfortable with yourself, emotionally and financially, mm-hmm. it's going to be harder for you to ask other people about their financial, their emotional position or their financial position. Yeah, which is a key point. So we've got to get, you know, we got to get our checkup from the neck up done. Yes. Before we can expect to help other people. And by doing that, it could improve our sales. It can improve our volume. And and now start to resolve some of those money problems. But again, if we're only just going to improve our sales and we're not prepared to manage, you know, there's a quote in the Bible about this too, is, you know, he, he that can manage, well, and it's, I'm paraphrasing, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you can learn to manage a dollar, then you can learn to manage a thousand dollars or a million dollars. But first, right. you have to learn to manage a dollar. And so, Absolutely. if we're not learning that, 
and we just are doing really good sales, then we're going to be on this perpetual hamster wheel wheel yeah. of earning and losing, earning and losing, earning and losing, and we're going to get really distraught, um, you know, in the long run, to be able you got to, it. to sustain absolutely. it. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, no doubt about it. And remember, <laughs> mon- the thing people money goes to people who love and take care of it, and the thing that money loves best is to be counted. Counted, right? I love that. I love that. So let's talk about um, the the one the uh, last question I want to ask you is that what what do you consider to be the bottom line actions a person needs to take to build a strong foundation in their business um, with the money specifically? So I'm you know I'm a loan officer. I'm saying okay, emotionally I got to get attached to to money more than I am now and really understand it and read your book and and get some you know questions answered on the wonderful gifts that you're giving us. But I also have to take some, so let's call those soft skills, right? I also have to do some hard skills to okay. get my books in order. What, okay. what, what can we do? Okay, the first thing is, uh, do you have a savings habit? If you don't have a, a savings habit, it's going to be hard to save. So this is a very simple way of developing one. Take five, ten dollars $10 a week and put it in your underwear drawer. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay. And I guarantee by the third week, you're going to be obsessing about what's in your underwear drawer. And when you have enough, open up a savings account if you don't have one now. Or if you do have one, then make, make a commitment of putting a certain amount in your bank account every single month or every single week, whatever works best for you. Mm-hmm. And when you find yourself obsessing about, now there's a difference between a savings account and a life happens account. Okay. Most people have a life happens account. They'll get $5,000 in their savings account and before you know it, it's gone. That's mm-hmm. not a savings account. <laughs> you know? okay. yeah. and, and in order to become wealthy, you have to have a, a real savings account that eventually becomes an investment account combination. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... You have to, if you don't have that habit, you have to build the habit. The other thing is to say, you know, to make a commitment about taking care of your money. I I think that you have to use software. People say, well, I use an Excel sheet. The problem with an Excel sheet is it doesn't usually give you the, unless there are Excel sheets I don't know about, it doesn't give you the kind of reports that a uh, financial software will. So, you know, you're a business. So you've got to keep and make sure you're, you've got a personal account and a business account, and you're treating your business like a business, and and to keep track of what you're earning and what you're spending, and to make I I look at my P and L at least once a week, so I can see, and and after a while you see there's a flow that there are certain months that you do better on on average every year. Correct. I mean you can begin to you can begin to make better decisions. And the other thing is, now I also have something that I, I can give away called, it's called Joan's Ugly Spreadsheet. Okay. <laughs> we, and we all probably have one. Yeah. And, I, and I have a, a video on how to use it be, and because you have to know how much is coming in, how much has to go out, and, and what the difference is. And if there is a, a negative number, you have to know what to pay and what not to pay. You also have to know how much you're giving yourself as a, a salary. You know, what am I paying myself on a regular basis and what are my personal expenses? If you don't have a list of all your expenses, your, your uh, variable and, and, 
and basic expenses, then you really don't know where your money's going to go. I mean, these are simple principles. Yeah, you know, and I and I have to tell you, I want to I want to comment on a couple things. Um, just uh, just the other day, I finished up I'm a little late because I was I had walking pneumonia um, from yeah. Christmas to after New Year's this year, and um, so I just finished up my business plan. And one of the things that I do every year is, you know, I set a schedule on my calendar to deposit and move money over right, uh, that I'm uh, going to move just a, a flat amount I can, on a consistent basis over to my long-term savings account that I don't touch. And it's hard to get to, too. It's a horrible website that manages it, the whole thing. It's really hard to get to, and I love that because, it, it, you know, it's my yeah, uh, defense right. mechanism, right? Yeah, um, right? In addition to that, you know, I save 20% of my net income. Um, and so that's variable for me, right? Yeah. So I have to always um, manage to that. And so I just want to say that, you know, that, that piece of it um, really, really, really works. And I, and I absolutely love that. The other thing I want to say is that um, I have practiced this for several years. You made a very important point, and I don't want it to go by. And that is that um, what we tend to do as entrepreneurs and, you know, and loan officers is that when we get income, we put it all in the checking account, okay? We put it all in there. Maybe we put 20% aside for savings, and that's fine, but we put it all in the, in the checking account, and then we live off of that balance, okay? So if there's more in there, we think, oh, we have more to spend. We do not pay ourselves. So what we did, my husband and I, because we work together, is that we have our paycheck going to a savings account, and then from there, we auto pull over a salary. Okay. So we've budgeted and we've mm -hmm. decided what we need to live on on a monthly basis and we pay ourselves not a salary but it's an auto draft over to our checking account. Sure. So that's a key thing because and especially with realtors if any of the realtors are listening to is that you know you, if you can get to the point where you pay yourself a salary or you pay yourself a stipend let's call it a stipend um, on a regular basis and you know that every time you get paid um, or or every two weeks you're going to pay yourself a thousand dollars two thousand whatever it is to live off of that that's going to come from that business account not that you're going to run your business from your personal account right exactly very very important to have two, two separate accounts it's I mean, and your account yeah. will be happier too. You know, it's and but also to really keep good. You know, this is why I, I use QuickBooks, uh -huh. and I love it because at the end of the year, I just hand my accountant the printout from QuickBooks. Right. And and that's all I have to do because it 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 tells me exactly how much I've earned and how much I've how much my expenses are. And I have I use Quicken for my personal because um, I do a lot of stuff through my business. But um, I think that the fact that I pay myself a salary, and ha I mean, I use uh, uh, the Intuit uh, thing online, and right. I take and, out yeah. my taxes, you know, I, mm -hmm. I, 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 and, and, you know, after a while, you get to be pretty facile with the numbers and understand what you need and what you need to save. Right, and I think that works for the loan or for the uh, real estate agents that are listening in because they're paid a 1099. It doesn't work for lenders because we're W-2'd. We already have the taxes right. taken out. We already have okay. all those things, okay. right? Okay. So for right. us, it's a little different because what we can do is start floating our income to a savings account and then having, you know, a, every other week. And if you have enough 
fundings every other week you're you're sent or every week you're paying yourself or floating money over for your um, right. we call it right. the four walls right your utilities right. and and things like that um, and and but I do think that's really important because you're right I mean we are human we see the money we get all excited we're exhilarated and we're, oh well now we can yeah, buy this and this and this and this and this forgetting the cyclical part of our business where we're right. going to have low months absolutely and and that's a big that's a big problem with all entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was my problem when I had the my crystal business. I mean, I I just buy lots of crystals. <laughs> you know? Right. It was not a good idea. Yeah, and I and I do think that you know as we're laying out our business plans for the year, you know, and even if people are listening in, and you know we're recording this the first part of January, if people are listening in and they they finish their plan, they might want to consider going back to their plan and measuring and um, uh, aligning their expenses with their the volume that they expect to do. So, for example. Um, you know, you're not going to, like you were saying about crystals, you can't go out and buy, um, you know, a bunch of tchotchkes and, and marketing pieces in a month that you're, you already know year after year after year that you're going to have lower fundings. Right. Absolutely. You know, you want to have all that stuff aligned so that it doesn't create additional emotional strain and stress on you because now you're not uh, holding yourself, you're not able to hold yourself accountable to what you said you would do in your business plan as well. And I, I just think, you know, anytime that we can push away any emotional stress, um, it's good for us, right? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many people make a lot of money but still feel poor. Um, they feel rich yeah. when they have it, and then as soon as it goes away, they're back to feeling poor, which is a feeling they brought with them to their business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what would you like to leave us with today as far as, you know, taking, taking uh, something away that, um, that, we, that we could take from you today? Well, first of all, you're not going to make changes quickly. Don't, be, don't, don't think it's like changing the channel. You have to give yourself time to develop new habits. But if you do something every single week with your money that's different from what you're doing now, by the end of the year, you're going to be in much better shape. Excellent. Yeah, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Absolutely. And, and, and that's it, okay. It, well, it has to be that way. Yeah. Here, I have a new course I'm putting together called uh, Rewire Your Brain for Financial Success. And it's using brain science to change your money habits. Because everything you do is just a habit. Your thoughts, beliefs, emotions, behaviors, those are all habits. And when you can identify what's not working... Then you just change the habit, but that the, it, it, it requires, you know, there's this, this, this uh, uh, rumor that it only takes 28 days to change a habit. No, it can take right. as much as, as a year, and, and you're going to fall back, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to resist the new behaviors, and you feel disoriented when the results start changing. So there's a lot to it, and most people don't go through the changes because it's, we live in this uh, quick gratification culture, and that's not how it works. You actually have to change neural pathways in your brain, and that takes time. Your, the brain doesn't go, oh, I got it. You know? It doesn't work that right. way. Right, right. Well, and I think that's really important information because I, I do know the temperament of loan officers. We're um, mostly uh, high D in the disc profiling. We're, you know, very uh, decisive, demanding um, 
dominating. <laughs> and so we right. want instant gratification. And this is just something that, you know, maybe this could be part of your goals for the year is to work on the money portion of your business, both the, both the emotional and the, um, well, I'm going to say soft and hard skills, you know, so you're right. working on the business right. portion right. and the emotional, you know, right. so that this time next year, you're in a whole different position and ready to you know, make a lot of money and save a lot of money, not lose right. it again, and, and end this uh, perpetual um, right. cycle. So right. wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Joan, for your time today. We really appreciate it. And um, so if you want to get in touch with Joan, um, her uh, website is called prosperityplace.com. And if you'd like to email her, you can email her at Joan at, and it's J-O-A-N, Joan at ProsperityPlace.com. And then, again, Joan, you said um, Financial Freedom. What is the website? Well, I, okay. The, if you go to um, ProsperityPlace.com slash programs, okay. that'll get you to my courses. And the coupon is 50 off. Okay. And that'll give you 50% off. And I will send you the link to the spreadsheet and my book. Okay. So Excellent. And we'll make sure that those get put in the notes for the. Okay. Great. For, okay, okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Joan. It's been a pleasure. Um, you've definitely, I mean, this is what I love about doing the podcast. I'm such a learner and I learn every single time. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to tell my husband about something like, uh, hey, money loves to be counted. That's what we need to do with it. <laughs> it loves to be counted. So let's go count it. Um, and you can't count it if you don't have it, right? Right, right. So uh, that's excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And um, as always, everyone, thank you so much for um, allowing me to come into your lives and share with you um, ideas that can help improve your business and your life. I sure appreciate that opportunity. And I will talk to you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. If you liked what you heard, please drop by iTunes and leave a comment or rating. Get more free email updates, transcripts, selling and education resources, and Jen's upcoming speaking events. Just visit our website at kineticsparkconsulting.com.